Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Chan Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult. Be sure to visit primed.com slash podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME CE credit. Mary is a four-month-old who's been thriving in your practice. Her mother received the COVID-19 vaccination prior to pregnancy, but did not get boosted, and her dad refused to be vaccinated completely. Mom calls you today to let you know that dad just tested positive and is now isolating across town. Mom asks, when is there going to be a vaccine to protect Mary? I'm so worried. Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me today is Jillian Joseph, physician assistant and clinical instructor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the UMass Chan Medical School, an assistant professor in the Department of PA Studies at the Massachusetts College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences University in Worcester, Massachusetts. Hi, Jillian. Hi, Frank. Uh, uh, I, 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 Mary, Mary represents a real patient in my practice these days, and, and Mom and I are, are worried as well. Yeah. So what do we know about young children who get COVID-19 infections? Well, we don't have a lot of great data because most people who become infected aren't categorized or followed within health registries. Um, most recover at home and don't have severe outcomes. But there was a, a prospective observational cohort study of 3,000-plus children uh, who had presented to the emergency room with COVID. Uh, this was done um, uh, from March 2020 to June 2021. Participants were all younger than age 18 and tested positive for the SARS-CoV-2 infection. They were seen at one of 41 emergency departments across 10 countries, Argentina, Australia, Canada, Costa Rica, Italy, New Zealand, Paraguay, Singapore, Spain, and the United States. So we got a nice, diverse population to look at. Yeah, what happened to those kids who did progress to serious infection? Well, that's where we get some interesting data. So remember, these are children who went to the emergency room because of significant um, symptoms. So it's not the average child in our practice. They were followed for 14 days after the initial visit to the emergency room. And at 14 days, one in five ended up being hospitalized. About 3% had severe outcomes and 0.12% went on to die within 14 days of presenting to the emergency room. So for the most part, most of the children did fine, even those that went to the emergency room. And even of those who went to the emergency room, only one in five got hospitalized. Well, that is good to know. And just another check mark in the childhood resiliency column, yes. right? Like with so many <laughs> other things. Yeah. So what characteristics and risk factors were associated with progression to severe COVID infection for these kids? Okay, so um, there, were, there, were, there were four or five, and I, I think they're worth noting. The first is age, and this is very reassuring for young children like Mary. They, when they compared children aged 5 to 10 versus those under 1, the older group had a slightly higher increased risk of progressing to severe disease than those under age one. Likewise, those age 10 to 18 compared to under age one had a doubling of risk to progress to severe disease. 
Having a history of a chronic illness or a history of pneumonia also dramatically increased the risk of progression to severe disease. Um, persistent symptoms was also related to progression to serious disease, i.e. those who um, uh, start, symptoms starting four to seven days prior to presenting to the emergency room versus those who started to get symptoms within the last three days or less. Lastly, country had a big influence. When they compared Canada to the U.S., the incidence of progression of serious disease was much, much lower in Canada than in the U.S. Same thing was true in Spain. Interestingly, when they compared Costa Rica to the U.S., the risk of serious progression was higher in Costa Rica. So there's something about either our healthcare system or the environments in these countries that has a dramatic impact on outcomes. That's really interesting. What can you tell us about the status of immunizations for younger children? Well, um, as of January, mid-January of 2022, there is no vaccination for uh, children under age five, but hopefully that's coming. Currently, the recommendations are children age five to 17 get the Pfizer vaccine, and those 18 or over can get either Pfizer or Moderna. Uh, the FDA predicts a vaccine for children under age five by the second quarter of 2022. Uh, this was predicted to occur sooner based upon some Pfizer initial data. But when the Pfizer randomized controlled trial of two vaccines for children uh, under five, when the data was looked at, uh, there wasn't an adequate immune response after two vaccines. So now they're studying by trial a third vaccine to see uh, if the addition of a third shot increased the efficacy of the vaccine. Interestingly, when you drill down on that data, the vaccine, the two doses of the Pfizer vaccine failed in those age two, three, and four. But the vaccine did generate an adequate immune response in children aged six months to two years. We'll see what happens with their uh, trial. And there are other trials around the world looking at giving vaccines to younger children. So I'd like to think by the end of this current uh, surge and by the spring and summer, we'll have an adequate tool to protect all folks, uh, at least over age six months of age, through adulthood and into, into the geriatric age range. That would be wonderful, and it doesn't seem like COVID is going anywhere, so that, uh, you know, we'll be welcomed with open arms. Both my kids this morning in the car said, wait a minute, is COVID going to be around for the rest of our lives? <laughs> so hopefully uh, things will start to slow down a little bit and as more people get vaccinated. Thanks so much. Oh, Jillian, thank you, and tell them I have their same anxiety. Practice pointer, approximately 3% of children with SARS-CoV-2 infections that go to an emergency room go on to progress to severe disease within two weeks of that visit. Characteristics of those who progress to severe disease include age over five, those with chronic illness or a history of pneumonia, or symptoms worsening over time. Join us next time when we talk about an outpatient treatment for COVID-19 involving fluvoxamine, a common SSRI that's very safe. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primed.com slash podcast and see you next week.